0: Good morning. It's 11 minutes before 8 a.m. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. The Assembly is doubling down on efforts to address the city's carbon footprint. When the group met last night, it approved an application to a federal program that helps communities develop sustainable energy plans. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports.
1: Last month, the Sitka Assembly created a climate task force, tasked with tackling Sitka's carbon footprint. But it wasn't the first time the Assembly tried to tackle climate change. About a decade ago, a short-lived task force wrote a plan identifying actions the city could take to combat climate change at the local level. When the assembly met on Tuesday, city administrator John Leach said they'd recently revisited those goals.
2: When the first climate group um, was established, I think it was 2010, something we heard is they put this plan forward and nothing happened. Um, And I wanna provide you and the public with some numbers.
1: One of the goals in the 2010 plan was to reduce greenhouse gas emissions put off by the city's vehicles and facilities by 25% by 2020. Leach said an electric department staffer recently discovered that they'd exceeded the old task force's goals by quite a bit.
2: Right now, on our own, by implementing a um, our interruptible power program, um, our total reduction from municipal buildings and vehicles is 2,407 tons of CO2. That equates to a 64% reduction.
1: The city staffer had gathered the new data to bolster the city's application to a program backed by the Department of Energy. The National Renewable Energy Lab partners with cities for over a year to develop community-driven plans around sustainable energy. Leach and Utility Director Scott Elder were seeking the Assembly's approval to apply. Elder said if the city was accepted into the program, the lab would provide experts to help develop a strategy around renewable energy at no cost beyond city staff time. Leach said there was considerable public support for the application and most assembly members were on board. Member Valerie Nelson said that she would approve it as long as it didn't come with any unanticipated costs.
3: If staff comes back and says, we need an extra body, um, then I'll be having second thoughts if I'm still seated at this table. Member Tor Christensen hoped the program could save the city
1: money in the long run.
0: And I don't see how it can hurt us really by trying to better identify ways we can be more efficient. Quite often the the more ecologically sound decision is more efficient and saves us money in the long run.
1: The assembly approved the application to the program. Utility director Elder said they should hear back about whether they were accepted within a month. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Katherine Rose.
0: A network failure on Monday evening has rendered the Coast Guard's emergency VHF radio channel unreliable across much of southeast Alaska. Coast Guard Commander Lyle Kessler says mariners on Channel 16 may have trouble getting through to watchstanders. So if you're out on
1: the water um, in one of these areas where we're supposed to have coverage and if the tower is down and you try to call us on 16, basically the tower will not relay the message back to us.
0: Five VHF repeaters have been down this past year, but this latest issue with AT&T's microwave network has also knocked out additional towers near Juneau and Ketchikan. Kessler says even VHF towers that are functioning are only broadcasting intermittently.
1: Now some of the towers, they'll they'll go down for anywhere from a few seconds to a few minutes, then come back up, um, and they'll experience those outages, you know, throughout the day. Um, and then they, we also have the towers that have been down for some time that, uh, from the previous issues.
0: The Coast Guard is advising mariners to carry an alternative means for sending distress calls. That ranges from an emergency position-indicated re- radio beacon, or EPIRB, satellite phone, or even a conventional cell phone. Those on the water are asked to monitor Channel, channel 16 and relay any unanswered calls for assistance to the Coast Guard. Sector Juno Command Center's number is 907-463-2980. The Sitka School Board is not backing away from its decision to ask the Sitka Tribe of Alaska to help rename Baranoff Elementary School, despite some public opposition. Board members last week decided to stick with their original plan of identifying a quote significant local cultural educator to name the school for rather than bow to public pressure that struck some board members as racist.
2: KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The Sitka School Board first discussed the Baranoff Elementary School name change on January 6th, and after extensive public testimony and lengthy deliberation, decided to ask the Sitka Tribe of Alaska for help. At the time, it wasn't really a question of whether or not to change the name, but who to name it for. After considering several possibilities, including naming the school after something other than a person, consensus settled on significant local cultural educator, of whom there are many in Sitka's rich cultural tradition. Pushback came right away through social media and email to school board members, Board President Amy Morrison thought the board should revisit the issue, and she put it on the February agenda for another round of public process.
4: It is no reaction to any public or social media. I didn't even know that existed. I should know better, but I stay away from that. it wasn't in reaction to anything other than a few people that just said, oh, I wish you wouldn't have been so specific. So I wanted to have the conversation again.
2: But even with this new opening for public participation, no one from the public stepped forward to advocate for a different approach. Back in January, board member Eric Van Syce floated the idea of keeping all possibilities open when choosing a new name for the school, but in the end saw that there was more support for a cultural educator and voted with the majority. Now, Van Syce was concerned about setting a precedent in backtracking a decision made in open public process under a barrage of after-the-fact comments and emails.
0: Much to the distress of some of the people that have contacted me, I, I am in the camp of keeping it as we agreed. It was a unanimous decision. I laid out what I thought might be an option. But in the end, it didn't get selected, and I'm okay with that.
2: Van Syse said he was saddened to see the polarization in the community around the issue in social media and in email. Board member Blossom Teal Olson said this was apparent to her as well.
4: Not all of it was horrible, but enough was said to make me see clearly the lines within the community.
2: Teal Olson said that it was important for the school board to be accommodating to the public, but it had made a choice to specify a significant local cultural educator at the last meeting, and she said it was a healthy specific and honorable specific. She felt that backing down or modifying its ask to the tribe would make the board look indecisive or worse.
4: There is a very dangerous undertone of a racial backlash of our decision.
2: The board took testimony from three members of the public, all of whom supported the board's original decision to seek help from the tribe in identifying a significant local cultural educator to honor by renaming Baranoff Elementary School. No further action was taken, and the matter will go to the tribal government as proposed. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: Angoon's Native Corporation has a new leader, Debbie Atuk took over as president and CEO of Kutsunabu Incorporated in February after a career in corporate finance and business. KCAW's Erin McKinstry reports.
4: Even back when Debbie Atuk was an undergraduate student studying economics at the University of Chicago, she was thinking about Alaska Native corporations.
3: I wrote a lot of essays, a lot of scholarship application essays, and I talked about the Native corporations and how I wanted to come back to apply my experience as a, you know, earning a degree in economics.
4: Atuk is Inupiaq and grew up in Nome and Anchorage. She went on to earn an MBA from Dartmouth and most recently worked for Skyview Investment Advisors in New York City. She also serves as board treasurer for Bering Straits Native Corporation.
3: It seemed like a good match for my background in banking and finance and um, business development. So When this opportunity presented itself, I thought it was a no-brainer.
4: Atuk says she will continue working with the corporation's board on a strategic plan that addresses profitability, job creation for shareholders, and sustainable dividends. She also hopes to create opportunities for shareholders to engage with leadership. One idea is to host presentations over video conferences where shareholders can submit comments.
3: I think about these native corporations as family-owned businesses. It's like a very, very large extended family. Not that everybody is related, but, you know, at some point they are. So they have a shared asset, and they feel really strongly about it. And uh, I want to make sure that they feel like they their concerns are heard and addressed.
4: Although Atuk has no specific connection to Angoon, she is a shareholder in both a regional and a village native corporation and has spent years advocating for their interests. She first met Kootznuu Board Chair Melissa Kukesh while advocating in Congress for village Native Corporation projects around energy, alternative energy, and infrastructure, including Angoon's Thayer Creek Hydro Project, which would replace the town's diesel generators.
3: I'm really proud of how well the Alaska Native Corporations have done, by and large, by diversifying um, away from natural resources and increasing their business lines beyond uh, just extractive businesses, although... I'm fine with the corporations making the decisions that they make for their shareholders, as long as the shareholders have a voice in it.
4: Kutsunwu Incorporated is headquartered in Juneau and represents approximately 1,100 shareholders. Itok says she looks forward to meeting them in person once the risk from COVID-19 subsides. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Erin McKinstry.
0: And that's all for Raven News for this hour. You can listen to or read our stories again on our